The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 57. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick here, got Amber here, got Dave here. And uh, we got a 45-minute show to be able to talk to you guys about the Cowboys. We're going to do some big-picture um, analysis of this team. It's the midway point. Cowboys are 2-6 and six at the midway point. I don't think any of us expected that going into this season, but I'll have some questions for these guys to kind of recap what's happened in the first half of the season and to look forward, not only at the rest of the season, but going beyond that and how the Cowboys should be looking at their team at this point. The deadline, trade deadline, happens today at 3 p.m. around the NFL, uh, but the Cowboys have already made a trade uh, for one Eli Anku with Houston. Uh, Dave, what did they give up for him, and uh, what's the scouting report on him? They gave up a seventh-round pick in 2022, so it's not even this coming draft. It's the next draft. Uh, you know, basically nothing. I mean, it, <laughs> who knows what they might get in comp picks in that time frame, and it's also a seventh-round pick. It's not very valuable. So they wanted a, they wanted a run-stuffing one technique. They don't really have one, and this allows them to get it. Uh, Eli's been... He's been on and off of teams. He was just with the Texans, but he was with the Colts at the start of the season. I believe he spent training camp with the Browns. Uh, he's kind of kicked around. 6'3", 330. Uh, Mike McCarthy said it himself last night. Like This is a guy who can sit down and anchor. I think they got him with an idea on trying to uh, improve their run defense. That's what he's here to do. Is he a guy that immediately steps in, Nick, as the <laughs> starter? Because <or laughs> it doesn't look like they got one of these. No. So. Uh, Probably. I mean, I, I I don't know if he's ready to play, you know, this game against Pittsburgh, but I would think that after a bye week, he, he, he would be, um, you know, as Dave said, I mean, that they need to, somebody to stop the run. Those guys are just getting, you know, blown off the ball, and they don't really have that guy. They were hoping that, obviously, Don Tarpo would, would be there uh, for them, and, and that didn't work out, obviously. So, yeah, I, I think that he, he, he comes right in. I don't know if he's got all the terminology and ready to play almost every snap, but and, and again, those one techniques don't play every snap, but I think I think he probably will will step in and contribute immediately. According to Stephen Jones, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are going to be looking to do much here before the trade deadline. Beyond that, uh, his quote was, "I think we're basically in a mode that if something came to us and made a lot of sense, then we'd certainly look at it. I don't know that we're aggressively out here right now either, trying to get somebody or move somebody." What we want, um, what we want to do right now, is play some of the, these young guys that we have, give them the reps that they need, see what we have as we move through the rest of the season. Amber, does it sound like to you that they are basically, I guess, for lack of a way, better way to put it, that they're conceding the rest of the season and really looking forward to 2021? And if so, is that the right approach? I think it might sound like that, uh, given what we've seen from the season. But usually when you look at what the Cowboys normally do, 
they don't tend to make these kind of traits. So it's just part of who they are and they usually like to stick to the guys that they already have. Now, this is a season that, this is the first time I would say that I actually agree with that mentality, just given the fact that there's just so many issues this year that I don't think that a simple trade will change anything. So I do think that this is a time to give these younger guys some good game reps. And when, you know, I've been seeing on Twitter all these possible trades, you know, you start talking about Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, even Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm, I'm not on board of making any of those kinds of trades or trading any of those guys. So as of right now, I am for the whole idea of let these young guys play. You agree, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to go and try to win games. I, I kind of think this is, this is going to be like a preseason game mentality where you try to win games. You're just not using all of the resources that you have available um, and 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 that's probably not fair either. The healthy guys are going are going to play, but I think when it's close, you you kind of defer to a, a, a younger guy here. But you know they're gonna they're gonna still try to win. I think there's value in winning games. I really do. And so I, I think that um, you know I, I'm not gonna be mad if they win a game. Now fans will be, but to me that's stupid. But if if if, if they think that it's you know clearly better to have you know the, the sixth pick over the ninth pick. Um, I'd rather win games, personally. It doesn't sound like, I mean, it sounds like they aren't necessarily, like winning games, it's important. And I think Jerry said even on his call this morning that uh, with 105.3 The Fan, I think he was was talking about it more from the standpoint of, yeah, this doesn't have anything to do with the players that are on the field. The expectation is they're going to play hard, and we expect them to play hard, and they will play hard. Mm -hmm. But when you start thinking about it from the standpoint of who's getting the playing time, you kind of opt more toward letting the guys who you want to see from a contract standpoint, guys you want to see because you think they're young and they need their reps. That's not necessarily ne- leading toward you know giving you your best opportunity to win all the time. Mm. Are you saying that you you would opt for doing uh, like keeping the best guy on the field at the best moment uh, at all moments to make sure that you win as opposed to maybe yeah. looking at some younger talent? Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win games. That's what. Yeah, I would do that. Dave. I don't think I've ever been more frustrated by a trade deadline than I am this year. And that's saying a lot because every year it gets frustrating, you know, talking about this type of stuff, even though the the trade deadline just historically is not this crazy day and it never really has been. I mean, there's more activity in the last five years than before that, but it's still it's not baseball. Um, And what makes it frustrating for me is. Like people, people expect these grand uh, movements when it's really not. It's not necessary. Like the Cowboys don't need to trade anybody away. They don't need to come out and say we're tanking. We're not winning any more games. Like who, who on earth does that in the first place in the NFL? Like nobody says that. Um, but you also like you don't need to deal anybody away to know that this team probably isn't going to win a boatload more games. Like you can just evaluate the guys that you have uh get some young players some playing time play the good players that you still do have and i mean what do we think is the realistic ceiling for the number of games they're probably going to win the rest of the way like six and ten seems like it would be a fantastic yeah. effort in the second wow, half of yeah, the season. six and ten and guess be, what wow it's four and four that's what i'm saying yeah. like six and ten is probably a best case scenario yeah. the more realistic 
So they don't need to do anything to tank. They're already compromised to the point where it's not going to matter. And you're up, you know, then on the other side of the coin, there's people that are like, well, if you're not conceding the season, go do something about it. Go get somebody like you did with Amari Cooper. Why on earth would they want to do that? I don't want to do They're that. not going to go far, even if they make the playoffs. They don't have Dak. They don't have an offensive line. Their defense is historically bad. There is not a trade that they could do to significantly improve their fortunes. Unless, you know, Kansas City, for some reason, wanted to deal Pat Mahomes. It's not <laughs> happening. So... I don't understand what people want them to do. Like they don't, they the, as it is right now, this team doesn't need to acquire anybody because they're not going to accomplish their goal of winning the Super Bowl. They also don't need to have a fire sale because it doesn't make any sense to do so. So just shut up, honestly. Like it's it's going to be fine. The team they're gonna they're gonna fight hard. They're gonna win a few more games. They're gonna have a nice draft pick. But like all this hand wringing about the trade deadline is so tiresome. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. If that's I, where I'm at, I get your point on that. Um, but there are there could be trades out there that maybe are not necessarily about this year, right? I mean, that that's the one. I think it's it's kind of like we put them in these two sure. categories of it's all or nothing. Either you're trading because you think you got a shot at the Super Bowl, or you're not trading because you don't. And I think there's an in between. There could be players out there that you look at and you say, if an opportunity becomes available, this is a player that is not just good for us for right now, which would be a marginal change because it's probably not going to change your fortunes this year but he could be a really nice piece for you in coming years if you trade for him now you are not wrong but like how many of those guys exist like how many team how many players that can be building blocks for several years that the team actually wants to get rid of them like it can't be more than three or four like a perfect example is uh the chargers put desmond king on the trade block yesterday tennessee only had to give up a sixth round pick to get him and people are like why can't the Cowboys do that? Well, he's only under contract for eight more games. Mm-hmm. So you get eight games out of him in a lost season before now you've got to worry about paying him a longer-term deal. It makes sense for the Tennessee Titans because they're gearing up to make a playoff push. This team's not. Yep. And so, yeah, I am only I would only be interested in doing a trade if it was for a guy that had several years left on his deal. If the purported Quinnen Williams trade was really a reality, sign me up. But I never like that. That was never going to happen. Guys like that don't get traded. And so that doesn't even. Make I don't sense disagree with you. I just don't sh- think those those players are. They're very that, few and far between. That doesn't between. make sense for the Chargers because they're going to get a better compensatory pick if he goes and signs somewhere else instead of trading him. Instead of yeah. trading him for a sixth round pick, I'd like to think you get a better compensatory if he goes somewhere and plays well. Yeah. So now, so the Titans get a, give a sixth. Maybe they sign him. Maybe they don't. They probably get a better deal out of it, mm-hmm. and 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 help and have a better player down the stretch because they're making a playoff run. Yeah. So there's, Dave's right. There's just not a lot of situations that are that, you know, like the Raiders said. All right, we're going to get rid of Amari Cooper, you know, because they were trying to get rid of some good players and try to stockpile some picks and stuff like that. But the Cowboys wouldn't dare part with a high pick this year. Right, yeah. You don't know how good it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take our first break a little early. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into our mid-year reviews. i got some questions for these guys. We'll give you a good recap and overview of what's happened the first half of the year, how the Cowboys need to look at the second half, and how they need to look at their team going forward. We'll do all that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. 
Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final, se- I mean, second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we're going to do a little mid year reviewing here of this Cowboys team. They are two and six at the halfway point. Uh, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think any of us, and I certainly will speak for myself, I had no, there was no way anybody would have convinced me when the season was beginning. They would get to the midway point, and the Cowboys would be two and six. Uh, but that's where they are, and they are what they are at this point. They are a bad team, and uh, and there's not really a lot that you can salvage from that from the standpoint of wins. There are some things though that they can look at down the stretch in ways to maybe get this culture changed and maybe get more familiar with the coach and the coach try to figure out what he can do with this team to get them back on a winning path heading into next year. So here's what we're going to do. I have a list of questions here. I'm going to run through the questions, and you guys are going to give answers. Everybody will give an answer for each question. Question number one, position most in need of a postseason makeover. And this is top to bottom, the whole position. Like there may be a guy you want to keep, but what position has the biggest need for multiple parts? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Here are the ones I'll give you. Cornerback, offensive line, linebacker, or defensive tackle. Let's start first with you, Dave. Right in. Well, I think the easy answer is cornerback. And I mean, that's just the reality of the situation is you're going to turn the vast majority of that over. You know, A.B. and Trayvon Diggs are the only guys with long-term futures here. But I don't want to cop out because I think the more important answer is linebacker. Um, that's that's the biggest problem to sort out. Um, you know, I don't want to hate too much on Leighton Vander Esch. I thought he played pretty well the other night. He's still coming back from injury. But as it stands right now, they got to figure out what they want to do with Jalen Smith. They either got to figure out how to make him a more viable player or figure out how to get out from under that contract. Obviously, you assume Sean Lee and Joe Thomas aren't going to play forever. So they got a lot of big decisions to make there, for sure. Amber. 
This is a tough one because, all, I mean, you can argue every single one of those positions, but I think I would go with the secondary, either cornerback or safety. I mean, those positions, uh, ex last game, yes, there were some good plays here and there, but just in general, overall, looking at the season so far, that position has just been constantly terrible. There has been so many bad coverage, bad, huge separation between the corners and the receivers that it's just absolutely unacceptable. And then this is an area where we have talked about all off season and clearly just didn't work out with the Cowboys, given this uh, bringing and sticking with the younger guys and all that. So this is a position that just absolutely needs help, whether it's coaching or the player, the talent itself. It just needs an absolutely shaken up and bring some help there. Nick. Yeah, I like the safety position. You didn't mention that, but I think safety is is one that you know I I don't see, I don't really see Xavier Woods coming back. Uh, maybe, but I just you got to get somebody better there. I like Donovan Wilson. I like how he's playing. Um, you don't really see a lot of, you don't really see a lot of him on tape for negative things. Right. I mean, he's making some 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 nice plays, but you don't really see a whole lot of others. So I, I like that there. But yeah, I think I think. The, the secondary is the, the issue yeah. to me. Because Leighton's going to be there at linebacker. I think Jalen will be there at linebacker. Now, I do. I mean, I, no, I, he I, might. I just don't think the money makes sense. I'm not going to get rid of him for nothing. I don't, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't do that. Not this year. Now, the next, I mean, after this season. But the next season, maybe. I just don't know what a wash really does for your team. I, but I look at it like this, Nick, on the linebacker. I, the money make, may make me make the decision as to who's on my team. It doesn't make me make the decision on who's playing. Okay. And for that reason, I think if I'm the Cowboys, there's no way possible I'm going into next season with Jalen penciled in as a starter at linebacker for me. Now, he might be a guy that comes in and plays if somebody gets hurt, which having Leighton, that's a real possibility, right? Um, but but I, I do think that when you look at, at, at what Jalen Smith has done, what he's put on film the last few years, like I, I just don't think that would be prudent for the Cowboys to go into the season expecting him to be their starter. He is just not playing at the level that you need a starting linebacker in the NFL to play. And I guess to go back to your, your point about the safety position, I agree with you. I think Donovan Wilson, I, I think he might actually have some wares where I could see him staying a little bit longer. I, I could see him being a starting safety here next year. I agree with you on Woods, though, and so that's why I didn't really feel that one out is because I'm thinking that's not really a makeover. I think there's one position there that's up for grabs. I think Donovan Wilson will be a starting safety for your team next year. Do you agree with that on Donovan Wilson? Yes, and I. But then I, I'll take that point to linebacker and say I think one of the linebacker spots is going to be there with Leighton Vanderesh. So I, you know, I look at it like, you know, Jalen I think will be there too. You're just going to have to draft a guy and hope he's good. You have to draft the guy in the third or fourth round, maybe, and hope that he's good, like Anthony Hitchens, and say maybe he's he's better. But I personally think if you got two defensive tackles that were actually good and couldn't get moved off the ball, I think Jalen Smith would be a much better player. I really do. There's a reason he made the Pro Bowl. It's not just because he he's, he plays for the Cowboys. He made the Pro Bowl because he can make some plays. I just think he needs a little bit better help in front of him. Yeah, I, I I think that there, that some of that is true. I think the the part I have a problem with though is. He just doesn't run in the way that I need my linebacker to run. <laughs> right. I mean, he, 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 there are situations where he has an opportunity to get to the ball carrier. There's no defender in his way, and he just doesn't have the speed to get there. And, and that's where I look at, at Jalen Smith. I'm just like, I don't know if it's his ankle or not. All I know is he's not 
he's not capable from what I've seen consistently of doing the job that you need your linebackers to be able to do, and that makes me a little bit, you know, sour on having him be a starter next year. Let's move on to the next question. Didn't he? Go ahead, Amber. Didn't he make the Didn't he make the Pro Bowl as a backup? I mean, he's still the Pro Bowl. Yeah, but. Uh, not as a backup, but he was like the fifth alternate or whatever. Like, one of the, yeah, one of the alternate. He was well, way down. He, they, they, it took them a while to call him. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> no, so not that impressive. I'm count. just saying. I'm just saying. It was. A, <laughs> I'm not going to take that away from let's, him. He let made me, a Pro right, Bowl. Okay, right. you know, let me, it, let me ask you fair. this: How many calls is it going to have to make? They again? called a few guys up first, but I'm just saying. How many guys is it? Go how ahead, many? Man. How many phone calls is it going to take to get a defensive player in the Pro Bowl this year? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it not ain't it's not gonna happen. It ain't, nobody on this team makes the Pro Bowl, offense or defense. That's true. Yeah, who's making the Pro Bowl? Nobody. That's true. Yeah, Zach that's, Martin. That's maybe, gonna be maybe I, well, Zach, Zach. Zach. Yeah, Zach will make it. Yeah, he's missed one. Zach game. will make it. And I then, don't even know about that. Honestly, I'm, I think. He will. No, he will. Just because offensive line is all about reputation, and you know. I think, you know, people know who he is. His tape is still good. By the time the season's over, maybe he'll play some more tackle. We can get to that. I don't know. But I think Zach will make it. Um, the interest – I Jalen's going to be interesting. Jalen's going to be interesting because he leads the league in tackles right now. He leads the league in tackles, which <laughs> means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely <laughs> nothing, but – the Pro Bowl is very stupid. Like the the way that people decide on who gets into the Pro Bowl is ridiculous. So I will be uh, I will be intrigued to see like stats versus tape. You know what works in Jalen Smith's favor or not? Because you know they're not playing. You lead the, the league in tackles. Some. I just well yeah that's true too. The, I mean, but, nothing you know, that matters. Still nothing the that matters. But they're not playing the game. Yeah, this year. So, yeah, which All is right. good. Let's go on to the next question. Um, if you had to trade one wide receiver. <laughs> If you had to trade one wide receiver to get draft capital to fix another area of the team, who would it be and why? Obviously, your your choices, and I don't want to go to the depth, guys. I'm thinking about your top three, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Let's start first with you, Nick. Michael Gallup. I'll trade him. Why? I mean, because I keep my two best guys. I still think I can get some value there. Um, you didn't mention anything about money, so you're just talking about. I mean, this contract. Yeah, it's money. Money should factor in. I mean, it factors in. in. Money yeah, factor I mean, if you can, if you can get rid of the contract, I mean, I don't know. This next year it might be kind of hard to get out from the the Amari deal, but um, you know, I think Gallup's a, is a good player that that needs some some good guys around him. Um, I don't see Michael Gallup being a, a real number one type guy, but um, you could get by with Lamb and, and Gallup. But I think. I think the best the best guys you've got is Cooper and Lamb, so I would probably trade him and see what, what I could get for him. Amber, if if I was doing that, I don't need to do that though. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying you have to. I'm saying if you yeah. wanted to, if you wanted to look at this team and say, okay, we got a lot of areas we got to fix. What's an area where we feel like we have a lot of yeah. extra where we can maybe leverage some of that to get some some picks? Yeah, go ahead, Amber. Um. I- I'm going to have to take out the money part in the equation because that's not my area of expertise when it comes to contracts and money. So just based on merely the what they've done so far, I would say Amari Cooper. I mean, I love the guy. I, he's a very talented player, and he can definitely make some plays. But this year, and including last year, I mean, you, you know, we always talked about the games that he was good and then the away games where he just didn't bring it. But this year... I honestly have not 
seen much from him. And it's like every game we just see less and less. And it's not 100% his fault or anything. But at the same time, I, I just feel like I'm not getting much out of it. And yes, good player, talented player. But if it's not producing, if it's not producing on the field, then I'm going to have to say bye and just take advantage of these younger guys that have shown talent as well and the ability to make plays. Dave. I refuse. You can't make me. You cannot make me answer this question because I think it's terrible. Um, And this kind of goes back to my point. No, I see your face and I don't care. This goes back to my point about people overreacting to the trade deadline. Like this is such a knee jerk reaction. The Cowboys don't have their quarterback and the quarterbacks that are left don't have an offensive line. Of course, the offense is going to look terrible. That is a given. But think about where this team is headed. They're probably going to pick in the top 10. So they're going to have four picks inside the top 100. They're going to get a comp three for Byron Jones. They're going to get a comp four for Robert Quinn. They're going to pick six times in the first 130, 140 picks. That's all the ammunition you need to improve your team via the draft. So why am I dealing away Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper when my Pro Bowl quarterback will be back next year to throw him the ball? And my offense, by the way, is still going to be my best bet at being successful. It's a knee-jerk reaction to think you need to take talent off of this team because they're struggling right now. There's no chance in hell I would deal any of the three of them. Sorry if I'm not playing along. <laughs> That's me leaning his way, Derek. Sorry, no, that, I, I yeah. agree. Okay, yeah, okay. That's what, fine. No, I mean, like, I get it. I get it. We're doing a show on Tuesday on a bad football team. I get it. We're trying to play on. I, I understand that, but no, I think but Derek makes good points. Don't you think it's important to flesh out the other side of that? Like, again, like I, the team's bad, and we got to talk about it, and we got eight more weeks to get through it. But don't blow up the good things about your team because this season's not going the way that you wanted no, it but, to. No, but here's That's, the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. That's not blowing up the team. That is – wait, I'll put it to you like this. The most memorable trade the Cowboys have ever had in the history of their franchise was this kind of move. Mm-hmm. You say, I have a bad team. I have what is the area where I have a really good player, an area where I can take that really good player and I can leverage that into more that can help my team get better faster. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the question. The question is, and I'm not assuming that you guys are making this. I'm saying if the people that are making the decision in the building decided, hey, this is an opportunity for us to take an area that we think of as a real strength where we have yeah. extra parts and turn that into value that we can use in other areas, which, by the way, we could probably list right now, we could probably list five or six different positions where the Cowboys need, I'm talking absolutely need to upgrade this offseason. And if you if they say if that can give us value to be able to do that, to be able to, to, to make our ascension faster, then who would be that guy that you would want to trade? You know, I think it all comes down to one player, and that's Cedric Wilson. If Cedric Wilson has shown this team that he is capable of being a third receiver, which he has done, he's shown some flashes of that before. He's more of a receiver than he is a passer, I think, and, and, and a reverse guy and all that kind of stuff. I think if he, if I think that actually shows. Okay, now we have four receivers that we really like, and maybe we, we could trade somebody away. From that standpoint, I still, to me, it would be Gallup if I had to do that. But I, I agree with Dave. I, I like what I've got on offense there, and I just have to think that that I'll get better on defense through free agency in the draft, mainly through the drafts. Real quick, the other another thing I think you need to point out is, and it gets talked about a lot, is you know choosing between Gallup and Cooper. 
stop trying to create problems for yourself ahead of time <clears throat> because you know everybody's like well you, you can't pay them all you can't pay them all that's fine Gallup has a season and a half left on his deal Cooper's guarantees are done at the end of the 2021 season you don't have to make that choice ahead of time you could get you can get away from the Amari contract in the same year that Gallup needs a new deal you don't have to make that choice right now and if there's anything I've learned this season it's you really can't afford to look more than like a few months ahead of time in the NFL because two years from now, who on earth knows? Yeah, but so, what you also just said just, a little bit earlier, what you said a little bit earlier is you as a person that would be talking about trade options would not be looking to trade for somebody in the final year of their deal. So the value, if you were going to consider maybe getting value out of one of those two guys, would be right now. It wouldn't be next year. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I'm not ever. I'm not going to deal either one of them. I'm going to play them for the. I'm going to play them for the next year and a half. And in 2022, I'm going to say, do I let Michael Gallup walk in free agency and get a comp pick for him, or do I cut Amari Cooper and sign Michael Gallup? Like that's what I would do. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we got more questions. We're going to roll through here. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back. To the break. Hey, PBR fans. That includes you, Derek. Lock in your seats now for the 2020 PBR Unleash the Beast World Finals. And don't miss a second of the action PBR lands in the heart of Texas at AT&T Stadium November 12th through the 15th. Get your tickets now at PBR.com or SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're doing our mid-year review on the Cowboys. Next question I have for you guys. Compared to expectations for Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz has been good. I mean, as good, better, or worse? Let's start with you, Amber. 
definitely better. <laughs> I mean, Dolphins better than what you thought of. No, no, no. Was like, Let me make sure I got the you got the question or, right. You're saying he's better than what you thought Blake Jarwin would be. Oh no, no. Okay, that's no, what no, I'm no. asking. I'm saying based upon the expectations for Blake Jarwin, Dalton has been better than that, oh. the same as that, or worse. Um, I I, I would say, oof. worse, worse. I, I'm gonna say worse because Blake Jarwin is the guy that I absolutely expected him to have a killer season. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I think he only got to play a couple of plays or one and then got injured, but everything that I saw from him at training camp, what I was seeing from him last year, when he was given the opportunity to be on the field, it just, everything pointed upwards. And I was really excited to what he could possibly do. As far as Dalton Schultz, he was a guy that I was ready to say bye to, cut him straight away, but definitely um, impressed me. And he has been able to made it, make it work on the field and do a lot better than I personally expected now to say he's been better than my expectations for Blake Jarwin absolutely not but I think he's been able to at least handle the job and make some really good plays for the Cowboys at a time that they really needed the, a, a tight end to make plays Dave if you look at the production I would say it's pretty similar uh you know Jar uh, I'm sorry Schultz is on pace for like 700 yards and four or five touchdowns which when you think about all the other elements of this offense that's probably what I thought for Jarwin but I think my expectations were for Jarwin were higher because I just I see him as a guy that can stretch the field you think about the plays he's made down the seams with Dak I saw a lot of that uh so I you know I saw him being more of a big play guy so I think Jarwin my expectations are still higher, but I'm so impressed by what I've seen from Schultz, which I said this the other night, like that is, you know, if you're looking for something to be happy about for this season, that's definitely one of them. Like, you know, we're sitting here talking about next season and all the stuff they got to fix. I don't think they need to draft a tight end, at least not super high. I'm, I'm sky high on Jarwin even still, and Schultz looks like a badass. So you give me those two guys and, you know, throw in a, a third guy, you don't even have to draft one. Like, I feel pretty solid about that position to be honest with you nick um I, this is about the same because i when i look at what i expected out of jarwin i would have if you would have said 62 catches i would have been like that's that's probably pretty good there for for all the other receivers and zeke getting the ball 62 catches so he's at 31 right now that's that's about what i thought now maybe maybe a higher average down the field a little bit more because he you know he can stretch the field more than than schultz i think the one thing that i'm forgetting i think people forget about though is is that you know you just don't have that complete tight end the guy that that is on the line that can help you as a blocker and also can go down the field and make those catches you know he's still i still think blocking is an issue for all the tight ends so um I would maybe draft one if there was a you know you had a good situation, but you know I, it's been good. I mean he's been better than I thought. Schultz has been better than I thought he would be, but but I but I think this this production is about what I thought the starting tight end would give you. Do you think that the blocking would have been better with um, with Jarwin than with Schultz and Blake Bell? Uh, Not I think, really. I think yeah, I think Jarwin and Blake Bell are better blockers than Schultz and. Blake Bell, yeah, I don't think Schultz is a good blocker. I don't either, but but ultimately, I don't I don't know that I think that Blake is a great blocker. No, either. no, I don't. I, and I agree with you. I think I think they they don't have a good blocker. They haven't had a good tight blocking end. tight end really for. I mean, I mean, maybe the first 
five or six years of Jason Witten's career, he was he was okay right. at it, yeah. but then he kind of. I mean, he struggled there a little bit. He knew how to get in the way, and that's what a good tight end. You know, I think he's taught those guys how to do it. But they get, you know, you can't just match them up with a defensive end. Sometimes, I mean, they're going to get thrown around. Yeah, they played twelve personnel quite a bit of the game last week. Probably more than I've seen them play since yeah. since McCarthy's been here. Um, and and even with them playing twelve personnel, they were still not being able to to slow down that that front all the time even when they had the, those extra tight ends staying back to block. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if they got a good blocking tight end right now and for that reason I I do think there's still a lot left to be gained. I do think Schultz is well ahead of what I thought he would be when when I when, yeah. when we first heard that Blake Jarwin was going down. Right, let's move on to the next question. With all that's happened but this season. But you know season, what? Derek, go ahead, Amber. Yeah. I I know I know training camp it, it's very difficult to fully judge because it's training camp but I kept my eyes on Blake Jarwin this training camp and he did make some really impressive blocks during practices and yes it wasn't a real game or anything but it was impressive enough for me to at least be excited as to thinking or expecting the tight end position to have a better blocker this year it clearly didn't work out but I, I, fe- I felt like I saw some type of improvement at least during training camp compared to what we've seen from Blake Jarwin in previous years. So maybe that's an area that he was improving. Maybe, and and I guess we won't have a chance to find it out until we get to next year, but maybe he's blocking, so. He's blocking guys on a defense that can't get off blocks. Good point. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I know all we can go off, yeah. is, all we can go off is training camp, yeah. but I'm just saying, boy, I sat there with all you guys like, man, it's going to be a party at the quarterback. Alden Smith over here, D-Law over here. Yeah. It Cause, wasn't quite because Terrence Steele. I mean, truth. Yeah, it wasn't just Steele. I mean, it was there was some. It was everybody. I mean, you didn't have your two. I mean, we well, you yeah, certainly three. didn't have. Yeah, you didn't have those guys that you would that you were expecting you were going to have once the season got here, and it just think, it showed. I think the biggest theme of the whole year is that other than maybe tight end, everybody else, every key injury they've had, they've had multiple at that position. It's not just Cheeto. It was Cheeto and Anthony Brown. It's not just, you know, the one left tackle. It's the right tackle and the backup tackle. Now it's not just the quarterback. It's the backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's been hurt that's significant, and the linebackers too, Sean Lee and Leighton Vanderish. It's just been one tight end. But, I mean, you know, I think for the most part, the injuries have hit positions multiple times. You can even say the same thing about defensive tackle. I mean, you you lost before the season even got here. McCoy. You lost McCoy, and then you lost Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill. So, That's yeah. right. All right, let's you go ahead and move on. You lost Poe. I mean, okay. Thought, I'm just saying, like, okay. you lost the guy you thought you were signing. That's what okay. I'm saying. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, with all that's happened this season while Dak played and since his injury, the price you'd be willing to pay him has increased, decreased, or stayed the same. Let's start with you, Dave. I mean, I can't, I can't completely answer that question until we know more about his recovery. And I, I, it seems like it's going fine. I don't have any reason to suspect that it's not. But I, I would like to know more about how he's looking and what his prognosis is. But if we are to assume that he will be just fine, um, I'll say it stays the same. But that's because I was always willing to pay him more in the first place. You know, like I, I was already comfortable with the idea of paying him forty million a year anyway. So, uh, if he's healthy and ready to go, I feel the same way. Nick, yeah, I mean, you have to sign him. You can't sign him to the um, franchise tag. I mean, that that's just impossible. I, I don't think. I don't think you can do that. You, you might, you might tag him, 
but you certainly can't. He can't go off a tag like that. If, if the tag is not number is not going to go down, but the salary cap is, which I don't understand that. But if that's the way it is, then he's got you got to get a deal done with him. And yeah, I think I think you see his value. You're seeing his value even more with him not being here. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to pay him more than Russell Wilson. But that's that's more of a Seattle problem than anything. I think it, you know he's going to get paid like Deshaun Watson, and I you know that's scary. Because Deshaun Watson is hoping, I mean, Houston is hoping Deshaun Watson carries that team, and he and he can't do it. You yeah. can't do it when when you you know. So it's gonna, I don't know, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, but but also, where are the Cowboys picking? Because I think if the Cowboys are picking in the top five, you got to open this. Jerry and Steven aren't doing their job if they don't open up that discussion and be like, well, what do we? Well, need? They're gonna have to have, have, to have to. the discussion at least. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, Amber. I think it stays the same, but the big difference for me personally is that now when I'm giving him his contract, I have a big smile on my face and I feel better about it (laughs) instead of being like, oh, man, here you go. Just sign it. Just go ahead and sign it. Now we're we're all buddies and now we're we're happy around here and we can celebrate. So I think money-wise, it just makes me feel better. Thinking and expecting that he he's gonna fully recover from this injury, and based on what we did get to see from him this year, I think he made a huge step from from last year, and we we saw how. And my biggest thing with Dak Prescott has always been the whole thing about can he carry the team without him needing so many key guys around him. And given the injuries in the O line and the struggles that they had, I think that. I feel that Dak proved that he can be that guy and he can carry the team and, and just give that extra push that you need. Sometimes it didn't work out with them getting a win, but we saw the change and the and the, um, the ability of him to make really important plays under pressure. So, yes, now I just give it to him with a big smile on my face. Amber just made, in my opinion, the best point of the day. Because I think going into this year and really going into the contract negotiations, I think the vast majority of Cowboys fans and observers felt like Dak was not the main thing that they did. They felt like the running game was the main thing they did. They felt like the what, the offensive line was the best thing that they had. And Dak was just a complimentary piece. A pretty good complimentary piece, but he was a complimentary piece. And I think we found out at the beginning of this season is even without his two tackles, even with a running game that I think we all agree hasn't been up to par on what we expected, Dak was able to have this offense running at a rate that was really, really somewhat historic. Like they were putting up tons of yards and tons of points. You can call it whatever you want to call it about, you know, you know, garbage time. But I'll tell you this, that garbage time, those garbage time points and yards aren't happening now. And so I think we all come away from this with a different perspective of Dak Prescott. That's not about the fact that he's a guy that's a complimentary part. We come away with the understanding that Dak is the straw that stirs the drink at this point, in my opinion. I don't think it's even close. He is the reason why this team will have success if they're going to move forward with him. All right, let's go on to the final question that we have before we end the show. Who has been a bigger problem slash disappointment this season? Jalen Smith, Chris Jones, or Xavier Woods? Let's start with Nick. Um, I, <laughs> of those three, I mean... If you have another one you'd like to write in, feel yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, um, you talking about today or tonight or... or Whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't know what you were referring to. No, I think that... 
I think Jalen. I mean, it's probably Jalen. I mean, because the punter doesn't make that much of a difference. I mean, does he? Well, he uh, not really. No, no. he's been okay. a disappointment. He's been a disappointment. But it's hard to say that the center of your defense yeah. versus the punter, relatively. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not as hard on Jalen as you guys are, but I, I should be. No, I'm not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the true problem. I guarantee you, if he didn't dress and swipe and do all the stuff like that, I guarantee people wouldn't hate him as much. No, I, that has nothing whatsoever to do with it. In I my think opinion. it does. Not for me, it doesn't. For me, it's about just watching him play. I, I just yeah. I can't see where someone watches him play, and they don't think that he is a big part of the, the problem with this defense. The answer. I mean, I think the answer is Zeke. Huh. Okay. I think that's the answer on on the most disappointing, and and it's not all his fault because he's he thought he'd have a different supporting cast, but I mean to to not have a 100 yard game after eight games, I mean that's surprising, you know. Yeah, and still, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think he ranks though in the NFL? Do you know this? I know this. I'm guessing he's he has 514 yards. I'm guessing he's probably around 12, 13, seventh. Seventh. That's surprising. I I oh. would guess the same. Wow. But still. He's been the most Shocking. disappointing. I'm going to say Zeke. If I can do a write-in ballot vote for this. you going with Zeke. i go with Zeke. All right. Amber, you're up. Kanye. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to see. I was gonna say a secret because J- Jalen Smith, he's, he's never been a guy that has been impressive enough to me in my eyes. He, he started changing my opinion during training camp, and again, it was training camp, and we were all, blah, you know, didn't work out to be what we saw at training camp. So there's that. So my expectations weren't very high for Jalen to begin with uh, based on previous year, not this training camp. Anyways, point is, it would be Ezekiel Elliott because he, just like I talked about Dak Prescott, he was the guy that I've always seen to be the person to be able to carry the offense. He was the guy that I always saw the Cowboys being able to run – lean on lean on with the running game and him being able to create plays where it was just really messy and you didn't think he could get much and then there he goes pushing for those extra two four yards and this year it just unfortunately hasn't been that he hasn't been able to to not just make the explosive plays that we've used to see but just protect the ball you know he's given the ball away and that that has cost the Cowboys touchdowns and, and losing games and that's very important and something that you don't expect a, a veteran guy like him to to do not just once but multiple times so it, it would just have to be Ezekiel Elliott it's I would say definitely the disappointment this year Dave it's Jalen, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, and Zeke's been disappointing for sure. Like he, he's not living up to that contract. He's ha- he's not having a great season by his standards. But running backs are a product of their environment. Um, if he had Dak and a healthier offensive line, I think he'd be just fine. And that that is a fair conversation about whether or not it's worth to pay a running back that much money. But that's neither here nor there. Like I'm I'm not worried about Zeke being good next season if the offense is healthier. I am worried about Jalen Smith ever being good again, based on what we've seen. Um, and yeah, Nick, I get your point. Like the way that he carries himself rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But I'm with Derek. Like his instincts seem bad. He gets fooled a lot. Uh, he, he's out of position a lot. He doesn't seem to have the burst that he had in 2018. Whenever he's asked to move in space, it usually looks really, really rough. 
and the Cowboys are paying him to be a centerpiece of their defense. Um, he doesn't more often than not. He looks like an average to below average linebacker, and they're paying him to be at the top of the position. And not only is it, <clears throat> it's obviously bad for the team right now, but there's big financial ramifications about that. You know, if, if he can't get it done, that's why I said like they got to figure out a way to make him a better player or figure out how they can cope with carrying that contract on the books like that. It's one of the biggest problems facing them for 2021, in my opinion. And it's just not where I thought they would be when they agreed to that deal a year ago. All right, that's a wrap. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start getting you ready for Cowboys versus Steelers. Uh, we'll have Bucky Brooks join us. We'll talk about the Steeler offense tomorrow versus the Cowboys defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!